I have a plan. I have a plan. Sid's your yammering to relieve us from this urgent confinement. Yeah, I'll have to agree with the walking thesaurus on that one. Do not ever call me a thesaurus. It's just a metaphor, dude. His people are completely literal. Metaphors are gonna go over his head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse! And we're back. And we're back to the MCU. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Coming off strong from James Gunn's Peacemaker. Right into his... Not necessarily his first work, but his first big piece of work. Definitely. Definitely. This was when James Gunn became a household name. He'd done all sorts of weird shit before this. He had tweeted a bunch before this that we didn't know about. He made Super, the movie with Rain Wilson, and um, I am forgetting who else was in that, which was like a super like dark, violent, like pastiche of superhero movies. Um, a couple of horror movies, I think. He and his brother, Sean Gunn, had done uh, family films together. Gotta love it. So, lot to lot to build off of. A lot to build off of. Um, crazy choice for, like, a, I, I, this is not an early MCU movie by any stretch. But, but it's like, a turning point for the MCU. Definitely. Like, this is early phase two, you know, where... We've established the Avengers. We've got all of our Earth heroes except Thor. Like, let's get a little crazy. And I feel like he was a great pick for that. Also, something that... ended up being perfect, but yeah, I feel like a huge risk. Big gamble. Um, Also, I kind of forget about it, so I guess it doesn't stick with me that much. Probably like my second favorite MCU theme behind the Avengers theme is I really... The Guardians, like, score. There's like one motif... It's like the I'm too busy jamming to notice the score. Well, the score is definitely underrated because of the soundtrack. We even have the uh, like the vinyl that comes with one LP is the soundtrack. The other half is the score. I think we listened to the score once and I think we put it on by accident. It's all right. You know, it's not the greatest thing I've ever heard, but I do like the team theme. I just had to say that because I feel like Tyler Bates, the composer, is kind of, like, underrated. He did a couple other Marvel things, but... Great shout-out. It's appreciated. Um, Yeah, but I wanted to, I think, before we get into it, kind of talk about, like, where this movie lands kind of in the MCU, because we're coming off of um, Winter Soldier. Yeah. um, Which also, Russo Brothers also kind of plucked out of nowhere and given, like... A Marvel movie. A big one. Well, I don't see, like, that one, I think, is big because of what they made it. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what the uh, the hype or not hype was like for a second Captain America following Avengers. Like, I think people were excited about it. And, like, I think in some ways they had an easier plot. Like, James Gunn is building an entire world. Yeah. And I'm sure he had, like, the might of Marvel behind him to help create that. But, like, he had to introduce, like, so many things in this. And, like, 
there are obviously a lot of comparisons to be made to Thor and like in so many ways outshone how Thor's world in presumably the same galaxy is so different than the world James Gunn created. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for like the time that all these characters were introduced, but like uh, an introduction to like the galaxy at large of this scope is what Thor deserved. Not to be like, here's your kingdom that's like a small city is basically what we're introduced to and then you're going to go back to earth for the other half of the movie like which it made sense for what they were doing but But also i feel like thor doesn't fit into this world like they don't have gods in this world like i do think that's a plot hole that i guess marvel in general was not interested in filling no i just don't think they ever felt the need to to grapple with that it's just like different corners of the universe i guess have different dynamics because like i like i don't know i feel like the thor is like at home with the cosmic side of marvel in the comics and i don't know how they reckon with that when i would say later on they are able to make him fit in with obviously thor ragnarok but thor wanted to certainly don't no no and avengers thor doesn't totally but I don't, I don't know how much they were preparing to like cross over those, you know, sides of the universe. Even though it's like, yeah, they're both in space, but they feel very unique. Um, and of course, yeah, now it works great. You know, smashing Thor with the Guardians together—that's like a no-brainer. But I mean, I think they had every intention of bringing Guardians together with the rest of the characters. Yeah, I guess I just mean like. They didn't when they were doing Thor. They didn't feel the need to like set up like. Well, when they were doing Thor, sure. Yeah, like they knew that there would be like this other cosmic stuff eventually, but like that was too much for them to have to introduce and then be like, "But we're just gonna follow Thor. Don't worry about that other stuff." I see what you mean. I thought you meant this movie. I was like, this movie was very much intended, definitely. Um, Which is also kind of what I mean by like James Gunn is doing like a pivotal movie. Like, I do think. Winter Soldier is, like, a big movie, but in terms of moving the plot along, not really. Like, I don't think it really moves the plot along that much, but this movie is going to be, like, the crux game changer, really. Yeah, yeah. Without which, us knowing it at the time, obviously. I mean, you know, if you're clued in, then the fact that Thanos was so prominent would have told you something, but, you know, even then it was, like, this was the first time that we were really seeing him. So unless you were a, a comic fan or had done some research in the, the time that it passed since Avengers came out, you didn't know who this guy was. Yeah. He was just like a boss. And like Infinity Stones being like the actual Infinity Stone, not like the fake the, Infinity Stone that we kind of had earlier. Right. Like, yeah, they, they don't, they aren't dancing around it anymore. You know, they're not calling it like the, the Tesseract. I mean, I don't think they ever call this one the power stone no but we know it's an infinity stone and we know what the infinity stones are right and we know that thanos is interested in this one yeah um so yeah i just think um one like watching this back in like the terms of the whole mcu is exciting and then just it's a fun movie to watch it really is and it never like it, it doesn't get old which is it is crazy to me that this movie is eight years old Hurts to think about, but it still feels fresh. Um, the the take on the characters is just like still continues to be like 
just such a great experience to, to have them all like meet and go on this adventure together. Yeah, I think it holds up. And I think, and also kind of talking about Thor Ragnarok, I think Taika Waititi helps keep the Guardians vibe mm-hmm. alive while they haven't really been a huge part Definitely. of it. Just like he continued the world that I feel like James Gunn created. He definitely did, which was very welcome. Because even like, you know, like the last Thor and the last Guardians movie came out the same year. But even by having Thor act the way that he does when the Guardians aren't around, I feel like the connection to that side is still still there well even just down to um vincent del toro benicio del toro Toro and jeff goldblum jeff goldblum's characters like i think post like movies they've come out and said like yeah Yeah. they are brothers there's no way you would know that don't know if that was intentional from the beginning but it works because like he like you can tell that taika waititi and and greater marvel are keeping what James Gunn set up consistent right. now when they are going to space and even Captain Marvel to an extent, not quite in the same way. But. Yeah. I, I think like James Gunn, when he was brought on for this was also brought on to kind of like spearhead the cosmic side of the MCU. I feel like that kind of got messed up when he was fired. <laughs> of course now he's back, but I don't think it's really in that like oversight capacity that would have been otherwise. To me, it feels like he's back He's doing Guardians 3, and then he's probably... And the Christmas special. I always forget about the Christmas special. I mean, I don't know if it's a big thing. (laughs) I mean, it's it's a live-action Guardians thing. It's going to be big. Um, but I, I, my impression is he could, he's gonna like finish the work that he started with Guardians, and then he's he's rolling out. He's probably gonna go do more DC or probably more independent stuff. He's probably ready to get back to that too. Yeah, so. maybe, but he might get pulled back in once he's sure. I, I mean, I don't know where they are in Guardians Three if they've even started. They've it. started shooting. Yeah. Which fun fact, um, you guys are just you're fresh off of our Peacemaker episode, so you know we talked about. <clears throat> well, let me preface this with Peacemaker spoilers. I know this is not an episode of the podcast about Peacemaker. You're not expecting Peacemaker spoilers. I'm telling you. Just jump ahead. Peacemaker spoilers. The scene at the end of Peacemaker with the Justice League, um, the Ezra Miller scene was shot by the Marvel Studios crew because he had started shooting Guardians and they were like, hey, like, we want to do this. Like, I think Ezra Miller, like, got in touch and was like, I want to be in the show. Like, can you make this happen? So they're like, all right. Like, come to our Guardian set and we'll do this. Wasn't he, wasn't Ezra Miller also in London for something else? Or that was, was a different London? movie when he was, like, filming Grindelwald. Oh, and they had to, like, shoehorn um, him in. But that yeah, was something different. That was for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, th- that happened, it was kind of like a an exchange because I think the Peacemaker crew shot the guy who played Mern is in Guardians 3, uh, and they, like, shot his screen test or something. Nice. So I just love the back yeah. and forth. I love when DC and Marvel get along. Yeah. Which I think is all the time. It's just the fans are, like, bickering. Yeah. Good job, James Gunn. All right, so let's get into it. Let's go. So, very fun movie. Doesn't start out like that, though. Uh, does it? Top five saddest beginnings of an mcu movie top five what is sadder than this like for the beginning nothing's probably sadder but also endgame is bad infinity war is bad 
Um, How does Infinity War start? Infinity War starts with Loki getting killed. Oh, yeah. Endgame is also pretty bad. So Infinity War and Endgame are bad. Okay, but what else? I mean, no, that's the top three right there. I don't know. I can't think of any movies right now. For I can't. I my mind went totally can't blank. Think of any movies? Uh, yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> I just um, this one is is particularly bad though. It is it is rough. It is real rough. Um. Yeah. So his mom is dying. They also like planted more dad stuff in this movie than I remembered that they did. Yeah. Like, I knew they had the part at the end where they're like, good thing we didn't take him to his dad. But, like, his mom is talking about, like... He's an angel. Yeah. Composed of, like... And, and your dad's going to come back for you. She even says that. And I don't know if I peeped that before. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, so, something that... I, I said this to Molly before, but I recently played the Guardians game. That came out last year. If you have not, if you're a fan of the Guardians and you have not played the game, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Even if you're not really a fan of Guardians, it's a great game. It's but, um, not the same as the movie. No, it is not. It is very different, but also like it's a comparable interpretation. The characters, it's the same set of Guardians, but the way that they introduce like his his dad is his mom is very like open about like who he is. But Peter just, like, doesn't really believe her. Like, right. Like, you're just crazy. Why do you keep talking about this? Like, he's not coming back. Um, which I... Like, I, I'm not going to say, like, one interpretation is better than the other. But seeing, like, how it's kind of handled makes me wonder that, you know, maybe before we saw this, like, you know, we were introduced to this set of characters, maybe she had been saying similar things, like... And yeah. I'm sure, like, her dad was probably, like... That's the tumor talking. Yeah. Yikes. But yeah, I mean. Also, I never like once thought about like Peter Quill's like extended family that's there that like they lose the mom and him on the same day. I was just thinking like for the grandpa. Yeah. This is worse for him than it is for Peter. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, he's like, my daughter died and I fucking lost my grandson like two minutes afterward. Like unreal. For some reason, in my head, I'm spo- I feel like we're not supposed to like his extended family, and like we're glad that he's not with them. But there's no evidence of that. Maybe that's just how I interpret I like it to like guard different. myself from how sad this is. I mean, yeah, it's oh, God. You just feel so bad for him. No wonder he never dealt with his shit too, because he's like. Mom dies, immediately gets kidnapped, and is in survival mode for the rest of his life. Yeah, like, like no never time has time to it. process no. it. Uh, yeah, like, not ideal. Not ideal at all. And, you know, like, we see in What If, like, the alternate version of, of Star-Lord, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's not really a surprise that T'Challa would make a better Star-Lord, for several reasons, <laughs> of course, but the fact that, like, he doesn't get picked up, you know, in a moment of absolute emotional devastation. Like, his life is not just falling apart. He just kind of, like, wandered off. Like, relatively, like, well-adjusted, not particularly traumatized at the time. A lot of other factors at play, but, like, this was not, you know, not a great candidate for space travel, I would say. He proves him wrong, though. He does. 
Um, I also think it's like really lucky that it's he's in the year of tape and tape players because if this had been a CD, that shit was not gonna last. Oh, absolutely not. That Walkman wouldn't have lasted, and the CD would have been scratched to shit. So, yeah, he got lucky. Is between and you know if it was still vinyl era. Oh, God. What, what are we going to do? How can you travel with that? <laughs> but, I mean, I still have a Walkman tape player that still works. Like, they just never what break. What can break? Yeah, no. Uh, absolutely. And speaking of, like, music, I mean, obviously, it's a huge part of this movie. Huge part of Peacemaker. Huge thing for James Gunn. Yeah. But So, you said we had the vinyl and we listened to it a lot. It's always bothered me that the vinyl doesn't yeah. do the songs in order that they are in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're I totally out of order. I just don't like it. There's no need for it. I feel like whoever made the uh, like the addition to be sold probably tried to sequence it like an actual album, which is hard because that, you know, it's a bunch of It's songs. a jukebox. Like, you don't, yeah, like... Yeah, I don't know. The only thing that made sense to me for the vinyl is having... Um, well, it's, it ain't no mountain high enough... And what's the other? Those are at the end, and though. I want you back. The right. last song, the ending, credit song. Ending both sides. Everything else is just whatever. Yeah, I kind of wonder what the process was there. I think it was a mistake. And it has a song that's not in the movie, because Spirit in the Sky is on the vinyl and not in the movie. Which is an excellent song and should be in the movie. Yeah. It's kind of funny, because like clearly... It, so like James Gunn wanted it to be, and then he was like, "Fuck it, I'll still put it on the soundtrack." So we we get this scene on Morag that serves as our introduction to more galaxy stuff and also to Star, Star Wars himself. Great intro, fantastic intro, and it's pretty funny that this scene has now been revisited twice. Um, you know, first in Endgame, and then again in What If. Um, and he has this thing where he uses this really cool technology in his helmet that kind of lets him see into the past. And Molly, you noted that, it, like he never he never uses that again. Yeah, it shows like, like kind of an imprint of like what people have done. Super cool. I feel like, like they used this in the game you played almost. Wasn't there something like that? Yeah, yeah. On one of the one of the planets, I forget which one it was, but yeah, I mean it's super high tech shit. And then you know going forward, we mostly only see. Peter using his jet boots and his blasters, which is still fine. And that was another thing. Um, they, the, the blasters that he has in the comics in the game were given to him by his dad, and they have, like, elements that they can be, like, infused with, kind of. So in the game, there's, like, uh, electricity, fire, um, like, wind. And he, like, shocks people when he shoots them with it in this sometimes, but... I think James Gunn in a Reddit AMA was just like, I didn't do it because I didn't think there would be time to introduce Explain the concept. It, yeah. But I, again, I was trying not to talk about the game too much. But in that, Peter's mom has those as like a present for him when he turns 13, which I thought was like a nice touch. Um, you know, if, if James Gunn didn't think that they would fit in it, then I'll, I believe him. But I feel like it's just like a cool character thing. Yeah. Because he doesn't have much of an arsenal to speak of, like, as a character or power. He doesn't have powers. Right. So I like that that's, like, his thing. Um, so I I like that the plot... I have this note later, 
but maybe I'll try and articulate it now. Like this movie does high stakes really well. Like how we kind of complained and especially Thor too, how they didn't do like, yeah, this is a high stakes situation. Like was done really poorly. They did this really well and they kept it contained to like, we're following the stone throughout the whole movie, which I think worked really well, but we're starting here and like, why is the stone here where it is right now? And like, it's kind of on a deserted planet. Like nobody is worried about it. Like somebody knows it's there. (laughs) I have questions. That's a really good question. Also, Thanos, get off your lazy ass and go pick it up yourself. He's so lazy. 2014 Thanos is the worst. Like, why would you even bother with Ronan? Also, just send your daughters out. Like they're going to go do it anyway. I guess he just wants allies, so he's like, I'll just do this deal with Ronan. I guess. He's just lazy. I you can tell that like not everything was obviously fleshed out with Thanos yet, but Definitely not. Or like they wanted to wait to like really reveal what was going on with him. So they wanted to keep him like kind of shrouded in mystery. I I think that's probably it more than anything else. He's like really busy. Super busy. Uh, he's hanging out on his floating hover throne, which uh, probably the, for the best that they changed some of the aesthetic of his whole vibe. Because uh, I, I do remember like when the, uh, it was, I think it was even before the Infinity War trailer came out, there were like images of Infinity War Thanos. And people were like, why does he look like he did in Guardians? And I'm like looking at him and I'm like, it's cool for a scene that lasts two minutes. It works for that. The floating chair. Yeah, and like his whole, his character design is just different. But I was like, if you had this guy on screen for a two and a half hour long movie, people would be like, this doesn't look very good. I don't think there's really any explanation for how it ended up there. I tried to look it up and people were like, well, why does the ancient one have the time stone on earth? It's like, we don't know. I mean, I think they do a good job of making it clear that like people don't know what the infinity stones are. Yeah. Like, there's no lore about them. Like, not everyone is trying to go after them. Like, um, to make another Harry Potter comparison, it's how Voldemort goes on this journey to make Horcruxes. And, like, nobody else knows what Horcruxes are. Like, he's done the research, right. so to speak. And I, it, that's what it feels like with Thanos. Like, Thanos has done the research. And, like, even Ronan doesn't know, like, what he's going after. Yeah. So I, I just, I mean to say, like, I think that holds up as, like, people aren't going after the stone necessarily, but, like, somebody knows it's there. Yeah. I guess, like, <laughs> I don't know. People know it's there. And it but... seemed like Glenn Close knew what an infinity stone was. It kind of, it's it's like the stuff of legends, kind of. And yeah. It's maybe, maybe most people know better, you know, than to go after it. Um, well, apparently... Um, there was some information about Morag that was cut from the movie that James Gunn said in the commentary, um, which is that the broker gives Quill a map device, which is the oh, thing that has the holographic display. And it says that Morag is an ancient planet that had an advanced civilization and it was destroyed via like some sort of global warming, which is, and it was covered in oceans that recede every 300 years, which is, I guess, why it's all like pitted out. So it doesn't really explain why it's there, but... Oh, interesting. But it makes it sense why, like, now is the time that he can go in and yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's have... the stone itself that caused the global warming. Yeah, thing. I mean, some people have theories that it's also um, 
like we see that the bit with the celestial like wielding the stone and destroying a planet. Some people are like, what if it's that planet? I don't know about that. I don't know why a celestial would just use a stone to destroy a planet and then leave the stone on that planet. But well, the celestial ended up dying, and that's how they got um, nowhere. Oh, right? I guess it's it like is the that skull same of one. a celestial. Yeah, which is that's also like we're gonna give an answer to like who killed a celestial. The stones. I, I guess. I guess I don't know what else could do it. So yeah, probably. I forgot. I did have some other kind of overarching notes that I thought of like whilst watching the movie one is i made this like at the very end but okay i feel like jg james gunn sought to make a modern star wars movie and succeeded very much i definitely think like i don't even think he would try to deflect from that i think like there's so much star wars in its bones i feel like and and part of it is obviously because it's in space but like yeah but like no like this Kind of like ragtagish group of yeah. people from different backgrounds all coming together for a common goal. I think it's extremely... They've got a Darth Vader type character as in Ronin who's like trying to destroy planets. Mm-hmm. We have the greater emperor Thanos like running the show. Yeah. And then like the main thing I was thinking about like the entire movie was just like the ship and like how... Star-Lord feels about his ship is the Millennium Falcon. It even, like, it's not quite, like, that circle shape, but it's, like, moves around, like, the Millennium Falcon and, like, how it can, you know, go on its side really easily and, like, shoot and, like, all that stuff and, like, how they, you know, sit in their little cockpits. Like, I'm, like, which I know I'm just describing a ship, but, like, (laughs) he feels the same way about it as Han Solo does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I like that. I think it's a good homage because it, it, I think it works really well in that Star-Lord thinks of himself as a Han Solo type. I'm surprised he doesn't even make a reference to it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, he would have been around for it. I think because James Gunn is like, well, this he is. This Pull is what we're nose. doing. So. <laughs> but I, I mean that all in a good way. All I liked the comparison. All I could think about when you were saying that is how... Han says Millennium Falcon in those movies. The Millennium Falcon. What is he? Falcon? I don't know. Does he? He says it weird. And I don't know who told him to do that. (laughs) He doesn't say Falcon. Falcon. I don't know. Uh, Man, Yondu really went through some serious character development um, by the end of the second movie, didn't he? Yeah, but he's still likable in this. I know. uh, Yeah, he is. And I know he's also like putting on like airs, but like. This dude did put out a forty thousand dollar credit. Alive, alive. But still though. Um. Why does everyone have a different name for Earth? This is another like not consistent with Thor. They call it Midgard. They call it well, Terran. Well, so that makes sense to me because like the um Thor's whole thing is like the nine realms, and I think they were those names are passed down through like Asgardian history. And like the within the nine realms, like they're considered different things. So yeah, you've got you've got Asgard, Midgard, whatever, all the other ones. But um, for this, it makes sense that like you would have an alien, alien like surveyors or explorers that would have designated Earth as Terra. And that's just you know, unless you're meeting somebody else from Earth, which is seems incredibly rare. 
Did you have any thoughts on Ronan? Um, yeah. So I I like Ronan as like a, a classic like Darth big Vader. tough bad guy. But like I don't know. I, I've always felt like there was there was something missing with Ronan in this movie. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just like I think I think if I had to put my finger on it, it's like his whole thing about being like this extremist. And it's like he wants retribution for this like bloody history of something that we're not privy to which is fine because of course like how would you do that but i i just feel like um it was a missed opportunity to give a villain more depth that's not what maybe that's just he didn't deem it necessary for this character but i i know that um ronin does not get ranked super high in people's mcu villains list yeah i feel like one, James Gunn didn't feel like he needed to make him sympathetic, I guess. But I also had the same question. Like, I wanted more information on his, uh, one, his objective overall, and then, like, what was motivating him. And, I mean, uh, as we credited him earlier, James Gunn did have a lot to set up. And so, like, trying to explain, like, the Cree versus... Xandar, or not the... just even. I think Xandar is representing like the main population, right? Because yeah. that's like Nova Corps. Yeah, I think stuff. people just that's like the it... capital, right? I think. Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's just he's kind of rebelling against the like oppression of the Cree extremists. Yeah, um, it's. I don't need him to be sympathetic. I guess like. But I think that's what backstory ends up doing. Yeah, it does. But it also frustrates me that, like, even now, like, with several, like, cosmic installments and even, like, Captain Marvel, which, like, dealt so heavily with the Kree, um, we don't have, like, this comprehensive background or, like, lore of these cultures yet. They're just kind of, like, backdrops more than actual places, which is, like, kind of the same criticism that I had for asgard in the thor movies i think it had more in um captain marvel but i think that was the movie that they could have gone deeper and didn't i think they should have because this movie didn't make sense for them to go too deep no i agree but like they like brought back ronin for captain marvel and i was excited for that people were excited because people love lee pace the actor who played him and they thought he was kind of wasted um in this role and they brought him back and they didn't do anything with him. He's in, like, two scenes and has, like, one line. But, like, it's not clear why, if he's against... Xandar. Xandar, then why did he kill, like, Drax's family and that whole planet? Like, why is he going after these other planets? I, and I was, like, topical. I feel like he's the Putin right now and, like, is just trying to get territory and wants to reassert the Kree as, like, the the head of the universe but like he's also destroying the whole universe so it's like who are you going to end up controlling at the end of this yeah honestly like it could have been a little contrived i guess but like give me a flashback with like give me like someone like talking about him that like lived through it somehow well i think that's drax yeah but like i don't know it's that's like not enough for me to really get behind it just like Drax being like, he did it. Well, I think that instead they decided to take the time to show how Ronan gets ready in the morning and how they put his makeup on. Yes. 
<laughs> which I forgot that they included that. Like he is fully naked at the yeah. bottom of a well and gets dressed up for the day. He's bathing in that guy's blood, isn't he? Is that like kind of like what's implied? Because he cuts that guy's head off. Yeah, and I know it like fills up, but no, he's like Oh, he's in that That's oh, before. Yeah, yeah. I think the blood thing is to like power or something. Yeah. Either way. Know. Yeah. No, we get we get his whole routine. Um Ron, what's your skincare <laughs> regimen? <laughs> yeah, I I don't I'm like complaining about Ronan, but like when I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm I'm here for this. I understood who he was right. and like what he represented. Like, I feel we like. got we got enough. We definitely got enough. Relating to what we said earlier, I was just saying that people in the know must have been super hype when he's talking to Thanos and about the stones specifically. And I'm sure you know people that had read the Infinity Gauntlet comic were putting the pieces together already, but they had to wait another four years. Not so bad to really get any payoff about it. Yeah, this is, you already touched on this, but I was just like, does Thanos live on a chair in space? Like, Apparently. is that what we're led to believe? Like, it doesn't even appear that he has his own ship at this point. Yeah, he's just, he's just hanging out in like an asteroid belt. It's like, cool. But the, the, the ship is much more intimidating. I mean, he's got Skype. He does. Yeah, what is that? What, what is he, what is it on his chair? He doesn't have his assistant to help him anymore because Ronan killed him. That guy's so annoying. I mean, so. this is before he hooks up with those other two guys. The ones that are in Infinity War. Oh, yeah, the Black Order. Yeah, there's they're, they're hanging out somewhere else, I guess. I don't even know if the... Or I guess they're the, in Guardians 2. The Black Order? No, they're not. When Wait, you say the Black Order, the who? Black Order is um, the the it's the four guys that Thanos rolls up on Earth with in Infinity War, the the guy that floats and does the magic. Yeah, the big, yeah. The big boy. He's yeah. not in Guardians Two. Mm -mm. Oh. Thanos isn't involved in Guardians Two at all, or the Infinity uh, Stones. People were mad about that yeah. when it came out because everyone's like, "Where's the fucking Infinity Stones, man?" But are they in and anything else before Infinity War? No. Because I felt like we knew that guy. I was like, I feel like I know him. No, he, just, <laughs> he just has that vibe, you know? just want to get a beer with him. He feels like he belongs. <laughs> um, a couple of just, like, side notes as we're, like, kind of getting all of the characters introduced on... Uh, why can't I keep... Why can't I remember this country's name? Xandar. Xanadu. Wrong movie. Um... <laughs> Love this group's origin story. Like, again, everyone's following the stone and, like, everyone's got their own agenda. Yep. It's so cute. I love it. It's a, it's a meat cute. Oh, I, I had a question, like, does Gamora explain her change of heart? And I she, she does. She's like, well, he was going to destroy a planet and that was, like, my threshold, I guess, with Ronan. But, like, her... It sounds like he'd basically done that you know he didn't maybe destroy the planet but he killed everybody on it is well, the vibe that i was getting like her stance is like very hateful towards thanos but like still did everything for him like i i understand she's like in a complicated position but like did she always feel this way about thanos or is it this whole like awakening 
Because in a similar way, Nebula's also like very willing to go against Thanos, even though she's also like desperately trying to please him. Yeah, she's like, I want to kill Thanos, but also like, yeah, I'm totally going to go try to kill Gamora for you. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's complicated. I think the the game did a better job explaining uh, Gamora's motivations and also like Drax spends like 90% of the game mad at Gamora still forever working for Thanos, which I feel like he forgives. No, for betraying him. Oh, well, that's true. For Well, one for working for him and then, but yeah. I wouldn't say she was working for him. I mean, she had, she was doing the same thing. I know, like but I don't think that's what he was mad. I mean, yes, he was mad. No, but you're right. You're right, off. though. He was like how you have no honor, which yeah, I think is like... like a, that's your... You said that was like your father. Yeah. Like, of course, like the whole dynamic's different because like I think in the... Drax is the one that killed Thanos in that universe and whatnot. So it's it's hard to compare. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a complicated relationship. And I'm glad that they... Um, tackled a bit more of that backstory in infinity war it was yeah. just nice to have a bit more flesh out and in game i guess yeah yeah um the other like tie-in that we can that i i said to griffin during the movie is um uh, if we all remember chris pratt's early roots in parks and rec there's a season where he's like living in london working for this um like lord because he's filming Guardians. So they had to like kind of write him out. But they have the Lord in parks. And it's the same guy that plays Sal, Sal? Yeah. in Nova Corps. And I just was like, this was the first time I ever realized that tie-in. And it was honestly so it. funny in I, hindsight. I feel like no one talks about that. I wonder how that like happened, how that transpired. Because that guy must have been pretty hyped. He's like, I get to just, like, do two, like, great things. Does He's playing, like, I mean, he's, he's not in this one super a lot, but everyone loves his Parks and Rec's character. Oh, I yeah. Like he's great. I feel like he was on, they were both on hiatus, or not hiatus, but had wrapped Guardians, and they were like, yeah. you can help explain, <laughs> like, where Andy's been or I whatever. Because I, I knew that he was the same guy. I think I that clicked when we did our recent rewatch of Parks and Rec, but not the timeline. So I'm pretty sure I'm right on that timeline. I think so, yeah. Which is really fun. Um, another side note before we get to like the prison, because I think that's the next big thing, is are they like pitching Bradley Cooper's voice? Or is Bradley Cooper doing that voice for Rocket the whole time? Because it's impressive if I, he is. I think he's doing the voice. Like, I feel like I've seen behind the scenes stuff of him, like, in the booth. And I think it's he can just do it. I would love to see him doing it because I can't p visualize Bradley Cooper doing the voice when I'm watching the movie. Yeah. I was looking out for it this time or listening out for it this time. There, I feel like there are a couple moments where you can kind of hear him. There's a it, couple of things. But not yeah. often. I also think Vin Diesel does the Groot thing. That like makes his... more sense to me for some reason. Yeah. And he's also only saying like three words. Sure. But he's saying three words in a lot of different inflections. The most acting Vin Diesel's ever done. Honestly, yeah. He was just happy that they talked about being a family. That was the only thing that he needed out of this movie. We are family. I think they must mess with the... They do. They do, yeah. Pitch or something a little they, bit, but... They like put a, an effect on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And same with Groot. Yeah. But, 
Um, excellent. I mean, really great work from Brad. Yeah. Gotta say. Also, like, he must have been so happy with his contract for these movies. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't have to do any press, which I think is the biggest part yeah. of it. He gets to come in, do this voice work, which it doesn't seem like he's even doing it opposite the actors. Oh, they no. probably play the scene and then he yeah. does it. Yeah, he doesn't have to do these the press tours. It makes Sean Gunn happy because he gets to be on set all the time yeah. to do Rocket. Keep keep both Gunn brothers employed. I think there might be other Gunn brothers, so keep keep two. I feel like there might be like Maybe I'm thinking of another... Um, I think it's just the two of them, but I could be wrong. You never know with, with famous siblings. You know, sometimes there's just one off to the side somewhere. A like the Property Jonas. Brothers. The Bonus Jonas. We all, of course, know Sean Gunn from Gilmore Girls. He has three brothers. Oh my gosh. Mark and Matt. A couple other small character notes. Uh, John C. Riley, great... Like, kind of, like, unexpected casting for a movie character like this. Love it. Stellar same with, casting. Same with Glenn Close. Glenn and Close both of them deserve to be brought back for more movies, and it's a crime that they weren't. Well, aren't they in Guardians too? Nope. What? I thought Glenn Close was. I thought she dies. Uh, I don't think they go back to Xandar I thought Xandar gets, like, blown up. Yeah, off screen. They talk about it in Infinity War. They're yeah. Like, they're like, yeah, I guess... Thanos blew up Xandar. We don't see it. Yeah, so all these characters are probably dead. Yeah. So we never got to see them before they all died off screen, which is a bummer. Instead, we had to deal with the stupid gold people. Yeah. Um, also, there's like this whole thing in the game and in the comics universe where Xandar has like this omnipotent, kind of omnipresent AI called the World Mind that like kind of like makes decisions for xandar as a whole i wonder if that exists in this universe it's kind of it's kind of a crazy thing and it would be it would have been nuts if they just like threw a mention of it in this movie because it's a lot to reckon with and you know getting into the prison stuff i really would like to make a humble request to james gunn that we get a more serious and competent drax you know, someone that has earned the nickname the Destroyer in the third Guardians movie. Because when he goes up against like anyone that's not like a grunt, he's he gets steamrolled. He gets steamrolled by Ronin twice. He even gets beat up by the um the guy that finds Peter on Morag eventually he he beats him. But, you know, I'm just I, I struggle to to get the the vibe that Everyone says that like he's he's the destroyer, he's to be feared, and they're like, it's the same for Gamora in this to an extent. Like she's the deadliest woman in the galaxy, and I'm like, I know it's like they have to make it work for them to like be a part of this group, but like they are on the same level of fighting as like all these grunts that they keep coming across. So like, how do they, how do they get this reputation? See, I think in the prison scene they showed. Drax being like very strong. He's like throwing people like they don't weigh anything. And I thought that was done well. The Okay, so it's less the prison stuff. It's more I'm mad that And also he's drunk when he first fights Ronan. Yes. I guess it it goes beyond the prison scene. It goes beyond this movie. Drax never gets like a like a heroic moment. 
to like kind of show off like who he is like in guardians 2 he's like a walking joke machine doesn't really do much in the fight of course like who they're fighting it's not brute strength infinity war he gets nothing which i feel i don't even know where he is in infinity war he's on the planet like with tony when they try to get the gauntlet off he's there yeah and um yeah but like he doesn't do anything. He's I know just, Nebula like, is there. It's the whole Guardians gang is there. Oh right. Before they get dusted. Forgot he was even there. And so like I feel like it's kind of a betrayal to like his whole like I'm gonna I need to go after Thanos thing, to like not have him at least get like a couple good punches in. He's just like he's it has the same effect on the fight as like Nebula Wait, time does. Out. I'm sorry. I thought that. Rocket gets separated from them because it's just Nebula and Tony. Um, so I thought Rocket and Drax and somebody else goes off somewhere else. So Rocket is not... Okay, Rocket and Groot are not there. They're with Thor. And they end up going back to Earth when Thor... I know, during Endgame. During Infinity War. But is Drax with them? Drax is with Peter, Mantis, really? and Nebula. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they get they get split up. Because I know um, it's just Nebula and Tony at the yeah. end. And I was like, but Rocket survives the same. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah, it just, it just frustrates me that, like, he... It's whatever. Like, he's the comic relief after this movie, more or less, which is, like, fine. But, like... If you're going to, like, be like, I'm going, like, I need to kill Thanos. We don't even get, like, maybe in Guardians 3, he'll be like, damn, I didn't even get to be the one to kill Thanos. But, like, I don't know. It the it seemed like it was a, a poor execution of, like, what could have been, like, a good character arc. Even if, like, obviously he wasn't going to be the one to kill Thanos. Or even, like, seriously debilitate Thanos. But, like, give me something here. Gamora got way more development in Infinity War, even though she was the one that got killed. Yeah, I well, that's why. <laughs> um, but I don't need more character development from Drax, but I do agree that he becomes, like, the joke. And in this movie, he's very funny. Like, I laugh the most at his lines, and then, like, it goes too far in it's, the next movie. Like, like, I don't think he's funny in the next he's one. He's clever in this movie. Like, well, the way the ro- the lines are written. Yeah, the lines are He's not trying to be funny. In the second one, he's just like, I have big turds. And you're ugly. Yeah. Like, I think the, uh, the, the jokes in the second one definitely take a nosedive. We'll get there when we get there. But we are 52 minutes in. We barely even talked about the plot of the movie. So the big set piece here is the prison escape. The kiln, as they call this jail, um, and this was this was pretty cool. I love that it's just like a classic prison break, but it's done in like a unique way that like this can only be done like in space and in this certain like crazy like and super some, tall kind of and with some guy's leg. Yeah, that you paid thirty thousand credits for. You, you capture it yourself, get that bounty, and you're just barely breaking even. That is a very expensive prosthetic leg. But this is a this is a great scene. We get some solidarity between the team members. Um, you know, Groot is not to be messed with. And I think that's why they they had to uh they didn't nerf Groot by making him teenage Groot. He's too strong. 
Yeah. He's the strongest member of the team. He's way more powerful than Drax. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I like I mean, that. I, I mean, like yeah. I, mean, I like that he's... I mean, Gamora cuts both of his arms off, and he's like, whatever. Like, it's not the ideal situation, but, like... He whined about Walk him. it off. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was whining about stomach pains from drinking the fountain water. I like that even on, like, a pristine alien planet like Xander, you can't drink the fountain water. Um, but yeah, it's like the best scene with the music. They're all working together. Yeah. It's also, a great, like, it's a great time. I feel like all of my favorite Drax bits are in this sequence. Like the finger across the throat. Oh, yeah. Um, Those are, I was dying. Don't wow. ever call me a thesaurus. That's my favorite line of the whole movie. His delivery is Never. so serious. Never call me a thesaurus again. And then, of course, the classic. Uh, nothing, nothing goes over my head. Like, I think I, we have our pre-movie. That one, like, words. I don't honestly don't remember too much about seeing this in theaters, but I do remember that, like, that killed. Everybody loved that. So we get out of the kiln via a very clever release plan from the whole team, but mostly Rocket. Um, and then we get this very pure to me jg james gunn jimmy gunn line um about how gross the ship is i think gamora remarks about it and peter's like you have no idea like if you had a blacklight this place would look like a jackson pollock painting which is you can you can you know draw your conclusions there but i was like that is 100 percent some james gunn shit and i can't believe that they were like you know what keep it in there because people that don't get it won't get it they won't know let him have it. Yeah, let him have it. He needs it. Um, at some point, we see Yondu again, which I guess is why I have this note. Um, it would be very hard to whistle as your main weapon. Yeah. He's, like, really good at it. Some of us are, like, not as strong of whistlers and would struggle. Sure, 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 sure. Like, could um, you hum? <laughs> for your sake. Let's, let's hope so. If you ever end up with Yondu's arrow, just such a cool weapon. I mean, and we get that scene with it at the end of this movie, and then, like, we don't even see its full potential until the second movie. And I'm like, does anyone else, like, in the galaxy own one of these? No, like, I think this it's is, supposed to be unique. That's not, that is crazy. It is too strong. Um, I mean, yeah, I had this note at the end, but like the best payoff because he threatens to use it at least three times, I think. Yeah. And it's such a good payoff when you finally get it to really see him is. use it. Really great scene. You know that he's not just bluffing. And it's, he's whistling, he's singing essentially for it, which is another like James Gunn thing. Like I have to assume that James Gunn like made up that weapon. Or so, I mean, obviously somebody. Yeah, I would. I, I don't no know. If that's a. I don't know shit about these. Thing. I have no background in any of these characters, so couldn't tell you. Right, so maybe I won't quite give James Gunn that credit, but somebody created that, and that was really clever. Yeah. And it just works really well with like the musicality of this. Yeah. We go to nowhere. Yeah. And nowhere remains like, I feel like one of the the coolest like places and concepts that's in, in the, the video universe. game. Yeah. I a feel lot. like it's, it, they spend a lot of time there. And I don't know if it was um, like as much of a mainstay of Guardians before the movie came out. Like I, I don't know 
if that was like their hangout spot or like their home base or something. It but feels like it. Yeah. It's just so cool. I mean. Well, in the game, it's like Rocket's favorite bar and stuff but i don't think any of them have ever been there before in the movie they they don't know where they are no but super cool i just just love it as a background so much better than just like a random planet just has like this air of mystery around it maybe they'll like address it in like eternals 2 i want the i want the big guy to be like we don't talk about the one that got his head blown off and now people are using it to gamble in. And the collector. Yeah. Piece of shit. He's not a good guy. No. I always forget, like, because Benicio del Toro is a likable guy and it's like a cool character design and stuff and he like has like this flair to him. But I'm like, this dude's an asshole. It also like keeps slaves. Oh, for sure. Not a nice fellow. Yeah, but like a fun character. Fun character for sure. <laughs> Um, None of the people we have here are, like, great people. No. No. Like, Yandu was collecting children. Yeah, like, a lot of them. Which, like, makes all of the times that he bitches out Peter about, like, the Ravager code just, like... You don't even know that, like, at the same time that they're doing all of this, every other Ravager is, like, fuck that guy. He's he's been exiled, but I guess Peter doesn't know that because he doesn't know any other Ravagers. But we already kind of said this, but like really big deal that James Gunn gets to be the one to talk about the stones. I actually feel like it's kind of like they could have gotten bigger in this movie with showing them. Yeah. Like I think it's a that's actually like in terms of technology and like this movie holding up, I feel like that's the part that like looks the worst is like the... They're using like their own like space projection to yeah. show them, um, and I I feel like they could have done it better. I agree. I I kind of like it because it's like they're it's it feels very Guardians like to be learning about something that was like. Well, I'm glad they're learning about well, it. Well, no, I don't. I don't mean that like in a vacuum. Just like learning about something so consequential from like this guy. Yeah, like no, the, that like all makes sense. I just mean, like, visually, I think yeah. they could have gone bigger with it. Yeah. Like, to really show them. Yeah, that's true. I know they do it again a little bit in Infinity War, but, yeah, I agree. I thought that was an end game. No, it's, um... Because they're explaining, like, where they all are and who has them and all that stuff. Well, they do, yeah, but in Infinity War, it's after Hulk gets sent back to Earth, and either Doctor Strange or Wong... Like, they're, like, in the lobby of the Sanctum, and he's like, look at all these things. And oh, okay, I see. So, there's a lot that happens on Nowhere. I don't know if we're going to talk about all of it, but one of the things that I liked that I took away from this was uh, the argument that Drax and Rocket get in after they've finished betting on small creature fights um, which is like this glimpse into like Rocket's background, and he's not a raccoon. We don't really know what he is. He doesn't really know what he is. But you know, his whole story is that he was like captured and just like experimented on over and over again, and then at some point escaped. Um, and I also feel like that's like a very a, a character that James Gunn would like want to explore. Yeah, it just makes a lot of sense for like something that like on the surface is like. Rocket's, like, funny, and, like, he's 
He's just like this little like rocket would fit adorable, in Suicide but, like, Squad. Creature. Right. I think we even said that. I think so. But like he has like this really like fucked up backstory, and like you even see it earlier, like when they're getting put in jail. Um, after they've all gotten like hosed down or something, and he has like all these like implants on his back that Peter notices, but he doesn't say anything about it. So just like exploring that and like how like everyone's like casually referring to him as like all these names, and it's just like boiling up. That's like it's a very James Gunn moment. I didn't have a lot of notes on nowhere. We had that bit where Peter and Gamora are like listening to the Walkman. They almost kiss. Oh my god! Part he of me saves was like, her life. Part later. of me felt like that was like, oh, this is like very soon for, but I, it's it's Peter, so I feel like that could have been like whatever for Peter. But then when he has this hero moment, he's like, okay, like I'm gonna not be, yeah, not gonna be me about it. But I don't even think he's necessarily like. I think he does have right. a no, genuine I, crush on her. Yeah, I don't think it was exactly like that. But yeah, he gets he gets a good hero moment though. After Nebula, fucking, comes this close to killing her. Also, I don't know if I believe. Like they say that he's a player, and he obviously has a girl at the beginning, and like he has stories about it. But we also know that he like overinflates his ego and he's like i'm star lord like so i'm like not even sure if he really is like the player that that's he fair. claims to be that's fair like i'm sure he gets he gets around but yeah yeah i would buy that he like that's how like that he is a player but like not good like yeah. he has like a bad reputation um, well i think and he's, he definitely he's not has like he's not smooth or anything he just yeah. He's just a mess. <laughs> um, speaking of romance, Nebula wants to get with Ronan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She is looking hard. Or just maybe at the power, which is fine. But she's looking. Bit of, bit of both. Bit of both. Yeah, I mean, she is, uh, she's cold-blooded. I think, uh, you know, if, if nobody around there had this convenient helmet like that would have been it for for gamora i know it's so funny because like the actress that plays nebula is like maybe like the sweetest most like timid scottish yeah human being also like why can't she just be scottish like why does she have to use an accent i don't know I feel like it would have been cool if Nebula was so Scottish, cool but Scottish I think accent. it would have been too um, People would endearing. Have been like, that's true. Yeah. Maybe she had a Scottish accent and then Thanos destroyed it with cybernetics. I do like the touches that we get of her like throughout the movie, like repairing her wrist. Like she's like doing that stuff like idly. And then when she cuts her hand off at the end, you're kind of like, what's going on with you? With this whole thing, I guess... When he, he goes to rescue Gamora in space, I guess he doesn't die immediately because he's not all human. Yeah. Right? But do you think he ever was like, how did I survive in space for like 30 seconds? Well, I think he knows that like he has a little bit of time. Sure. Well, yeah, whatever. It's it's a it's a Marvel movie. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that. Also, Yandu is just like a real dad because he's always repeating stories. <laughs> like you guys, you guys haven't heard this one before, right? <laughs> you know, I didn't let them eat you when you were 
Yeah, Dad, I know. <laughs> I'm calling him Dad because that's what we get in the next movie, and that's the Yondu I want to remember. That's the real Yondu. I'm almost at the end here. It goes got, really fast here at the it end. It does. This is also, if I may say, the classic end of the Superverse phrase. Great pacing. Is um, that a I feel like thing I, we say? I feel like I've, I've toned it down a bit, but I feel like I was saying it a lot for a while. Um, another great like comedic moment was when uh, you know, Rocket has had it with Drax and his pity party about his dead people. Oh, everybody yeah. has dead people. But he's like, blah, 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 blah. Like, my my daughter and my wife are dead. And Groot, like, looks up and is just like, <gasps> oh, and, like, yeah, there's, yeah. like, this huge, like, exaggerated gasp. I just, I loved that. There's a couple of moments like that. Like, Groot does that also oh. when they're bedding and, like, one of the animals eats his. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> his faces are so good. I think that's a woman that does the body work for Groot. No, the more you know. I think that's what I saw in the credits. That's cool. I mean, I don't know if they're using her to do like the face captures. I'm like, I don't know how they do all that, that, but she's work. like the stand-in for him. Like how Sean Gunn is. Yeah. Groot and Rocket both still hold up great effects-wise. Oh yeah. Like, I mean Oh, especially Rocket. I never once think about the fact that he's like CGI. They had to do whatever. Yeah, yeah I guess like, CGI. I, or they must use a puppet for some of it. Or like a... I mean... Thing. I mean, it's mostly... Well, yeah, yeah. no. I, I don't know what their process is, but... Um, I mean, it's super impressive. And I, I can only imagine, like, they... You know, the way that they were treating these characters, it was like, we can't not have them look as good as they can possibly be. Because, like, we're doing all these close-ups... And, like, we need both Groot and Rocket's faces to be believable and expressive. And the fact that they pulled that off is super impressive. I know. I was wrong. It's a guy. It's Christian. But Christian spelled, with a K. I thought it was Kristen. Yeah. Well, makes sense. Still, whatever. Shout out to Christian. Godlin. We get this bit about the Sakarans, and um, those are the alleged. I th- we don't really see anybody that looks like them, or maybe we do. I forget. But that's the planet that they're on in Thor Ragnarok that Jeff Goldblum presides over is Sakar. So what Drax calls paper people Uh-oh. hail from there, which I just think is funny because. I think I, I like saw this like on a Reddit thread after Thor Ragnarok came out. They were like, oh, like we've already been introduced to Sakarans. I was like, what? I mean, not really. They're just cannon fodder. We don't know much about them as people. But if that's the state of their planet, <laughs> then probably don't have a lot going on. I also forgot that they have their matching outfits at the end of this movie. I didn't notice that, actually. Yeah, I don't. Did I miss, like, when they got them? I don't think it's a plot point. Because it's all the red leather. Like. Oh, like what Star-Lord has? Peter and Gamora both are wearing, like, the red leather I thought Gamora wears black the whole time. Like, black leather. um, Because she has that little skirt thing at the end. At the end. But, like, even Drax has, like, the pants. Like, he has matching pants. They never talk about getting outfits. One of the coolest things, like, effects-wise and just, like, 
I keep wanting to say magic, but that's not it. Like alien technology. It's just like magic. Um, is the Nova Core Shield. Yeah. I think that's really it's like a net they create. Yeah. To hold the It's ship. really cool. It's sad that it's Yeah, they all die. Including Sir Edgar, whatever his Saul, name is. Saul. Yeah, I do wonder, um, I think my understanding of the Nova Corps in like the greater Marvel universe is like it started as basically the Xandarian police and then it became basically a galaxy wide police slash military force. And I wonder how big the one in the MCU is because we only ever again, like we've had so little time in the cosmic side of things, but we've only ever seen the Nova Corps in relation to Xandar. But I feel like in the comics and in the game, they're patrolling everywhere. And I think even in the game, there's like someone from Earth is leading them. Yeah. Um, Richard Ryder, I think. Oh, yeah, Nova. I do. I knew, I knew. Like he goes by Nova. And he's a, a human. human. I, don't, yeah. I don't know like what that's all about. but. And we get um, Groot's little security blanket nest ball. Precious. So precious. Also precious is when he kills all those guys on the ship in the hallway oh, by yeah. banging them around and then turns around with the biggest grin on his face. I love adult Groot. I'm excited to get back to him because I am... Uh, I, everything about the second Guardians movie is just like not as good as the first one and tries so hard to be the first one again, which... Yeah. I, it's hard to come back after Guardians, like, and do something fresh again. It is. And it's not for, it wasn't for lack of trying, but, I mean. But, yeah, I don't like young Groot and, no, like, those bits. No. It's like a, that, that always struck me as, like, a we can sell a lot of toys of this type move. Like Baby Yoda, but Baby Yoda has done better. We get another great line. Um from Gamora saying we're just like Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Which I love because then they bring the footloose thing back in infinity war, which was a great homage. She also says, I'd rather die with friends than, uh, whatever the other alternative is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the, we are Groot moment. I mean, that's just another James Gunn classic, isn't it? Is it? I just feel like I don't, I don't actually know. But I just feel like, again, like everybody loves Groot. Like, haha, he only just says, I am Groot. And it's like, I feel like that was James Gunn being like, I'm going to see if I can get people emotional by him saying one of these words differently. Well, yeah, he evolved and then he dies. Yeah. Rebirth. He's a phoenix, though, luckily. So true. And I know it's like a whole thing on like whether the Groot sprout is like the same Groot or like, like a, a off. Yeah, and I still don't, I don't know what the answer is. I feel like James Gunn said something about it one way or the other. I don't care, it's Groot. Yeah, no, Groot <laughs> is Groot. A question I had at the end was, there's something that um, Ronan says at the end where he's like, how are you doing this? Like, you're not immortal. Like, implying that he's immortal. So I have questions about, like, are the Kree essentially immortal, like, the same way Asgardians are? And also is Thanos immortal in a similar way um so well when i sorry just to answer part of my own question i think it's theorized that thanos has some celestial in him right yeah 
So, like, the thing about Ronan, I feel like, I don't know if it's all Cree or if it's, like, some Cree, because, like, maybe it's just, like, he's from, like, a specific type of, like, Cree royalty that are, like, just extra powerful and resilient. So he considers that. But also, like, that could just be him talking out his ass because he considers himself to be, like, above other right. members of the galaxy. So I just uh, think there is something else to the fact that Thanos keeps referring to him as boy, but they're both clearly been around. So like, yeah, compa- like he's like kind of looking down at him to be like, you haven't lived as long as I have, even if you've lived a long time. Right. I, I know like they've never stated like how long Thanos has been alive, but like it seems like it's been a bit. And I think the comic backstory that we got for Thanos, which I don't think came until later, was like, I think he was an Eternal. Like, I don't know, like not, but not like the robot Eternals, but he was like, he had like this, they called it like a deviant gene, but like not the deviants from Eternals, but he was like kind of cast out. Oh yeah, don't from, they mention like, this planet he was born on. Harry Styles being related to Yeah, he Thanos. says he's his brother. Brother? Yeah. Oh. Which is like a whole other he's thing. He's like cousin or something. No, it was brother to Thanos, which is like, I don't know if we're ever going to address that. But like, he's got some like lineage that makes him like basically a god. Yeah. Which is why he's the only person that could, you know, use the Infinity Gauntlet twice without dying. Twice? Well, he snapped once to do the snap and then he snapped again to destroy to the stones. Them. And he still was, I mean, his arm was fucked up but he was alive at what cost well then he died shortly thereafter sure um oh and i i really love like of course the whole dance-off moment classic um that is a james gunn definitely i'm uh neutral on it i mean like i thought it was funny it's like corny but like it's it's funny whatever like you know if it undercuts like the it's just, Hinge. I just love that he was like, yeah, you know what, fuck, I'm going to end this movie with the dance off. Let's do it. And I like that he like tries to hand it off to Gamora and she's like, just does this head shake. Um, but I also really like the, the slow-mo shot that we get when Drax like fires the cannon into the power stone. I feel like it's just cool looking there, but everyone's diving for it. See, look, Drax got his moment. Sure. That is, <laughs> he's using a gun, but all right. Um, that rocket made for yeah. him. <laughs> but sure, sure. He, he had to aim it. And then, of course, like, the whole, like, everyone holding on to the power stone and him, like, having the vision of his mom was... Did he? What? Yeah. Because when... Oh, because she says, take my only, hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was... <laughs> I was checked out by... Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'd written my notes. I was, you know, just writing out the rest of the movie. Just vibing. Um, but yeah, I, I liked that. It was a, a touching moment and a good way to, uh, bring the, the team together again. I kind of thought, um, Rocket would just explode instantly when he <laughs> came in contact with it, but he's been pumped his... with all sorts of stuff to keep yeah, him alive. You can say. Um, yeah. And then we get, um, a fun post credit scene. Yeah. Yeah, we do. A infamous character howard the duck voiced by none other than seth green who has since returned to voice him uh at least once in what if god i hope i hope some movie just apropos of of nothing brings in 
Howard the Duck as a as a side character that's like there for more than one scene. No, I think one scene is plenty of Howard the Duck. I wouldn't mind if he came back, but I don't want. We don't need What's another the, like animal Guardians holiday part. special. Yes, get him in there. That's perfect. That's that's enough for me. Great idea, Griff. I bet they're already thinking about it. Yeah. Um, also, there's so much fun. Uh, lore is not the right word, but there's just so much to look into of Howard the Duck if oh, you're yeah. interested. Maybe we'll watch the movie on the pod one day. Maybe. It is technically a comic book movie. <laughs> there's a podcast called Do Go On that does a episode on Howard the Duck and the origin. So check that out if you're curious. We also have an appearance of uh, Cosmo and... Who's also heavily featured in the game. Like a lot. And I think they should have had him say something. Yeah. I think it would have been a little bonus. Just to like give everybody this dog. And then he starts speaking with a really strong Russian accent. But I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. And ben- Benicio, the collector, is still kicking still, still at the end there. And we're going to see him again. So. Yeah. Not for much longer, though. Yeah. I always, I think I get mixed up that. The stuff with the Guardians in Infinity War is in Infinity War, not Guardians 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. When I, I mean, whenever I'm like, sense. well, that's in Guardians 2, I'm thinking of it, uh, that part in Infinity War. Yeah. Also, it is, like, funny that, like, we were first introduced to the Collector in Thor 2. Like, were I mean, we? Like, yeah. It's the post credit scene in oh, Thor 2. Right, they, right. they take it they there. They show you. And then that, that comes up in Infinity War because they talk about like how the reality stone gets stolen from him. And someone's like, who the hell would give him another infinity stone? And Thor was like, uh, a really smart person. <laughs> <laughs> Thor 2 is such an inconsequential movie, generally speaking. So having it like be like the first like connection to the Guardian side of things is just so odd. And the moment that they decide to go back in time to get that one stone. Yeah. And then fail and have to go somewhere else anyway. Don't they fail at getting it? Uh, no, no, they they get it because they take it out of Natalie Portman on Asgard. The one that they fail at getting um the tesseract. The tesseract. I know. Yeah. Because that's what starts Loki. Right. Griff. Of course. Um. So you said you had a couple little things for yeah, us. Yeah. To right? wrap up, I thought. Well, one, who would you want as a sidekick? Uh, Groot. Even if you if couldn't. Could, um, so the caveat with Groot is that you don't speak Groot. All right, no. I can't do that. I would still pick Groot. Um, uh, yeah, I, it might still have to be Groot. Second person would be Gamora. Yeah. Everybody else is just like, it's an increasingly sliding scale on annoying to more annoying. Um, I, mean, I could probably, I could probably hang out with Peter. I think I would get annoyed with Drax and Rocket's a non-starter. I don't want to be in the same room as Rocket. <laughs> okay, and then um, what song would you want to include in this movie? Oh, that's not in this? All right. Yes. Uh, ooh. It Came Out of the Sky by Credence. I was going to say a Credence song. Hmm. My other alternative was um, like an Earth, Wind, and Fire, like September or something. Yeah. Also, the song that's on the vinyl that's not in the movie. Which Creedence song were you going to say? 
I hadn't like done that yet. Oh, okay. I just was like, I think a Creedence song would work really well. I just feel like, I know that like, you know, you got like the whole like alien thing, like it came out of the sky and it's like also like a pretty upbeat. I feel like it would fit in really well. I was kind of thinking like their version of Proud Mary would have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good too. That's a really good one. I mean, I know that um, they used Mr. Blue Sky by ELO in the second movie, but like there are so many ELO songs that would fit. I don't know the soundtrack to the second movie as well. I only remember a couple of songs. It's got uh, Brandy, um, The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. I was um, going to say Fleetwood Mac for this one, but I was like, I feel like there is a Fleetwood Mac song. What's the song that it starts with where they're like on? That's Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Wham Bam. That's one. That one's good. I also like that, I mean, separate from either of the two movies, but they use um, Rubber Band Man when they introduce them in Infinity War, which is just such a, a great touch. Well, overall, I mean, I know we said a lot, but this was just like a really great introduction to a new team of characters that I think at the time a lot of people doubted would translate very well to the screen. Uh, the I feel like a lot of people's gut reaction was there's a raccoon and a talking tree. I can't really fault them, but James Gunn did a really great job. Oh, if you saw characters. the movie, you weren't coming out thinking that. Absolutely not. He, uh, he I don't even remember seeing a trailer for this movie. I remember seeing the trailers. I remember when they started uh, teasing this stuff because it had just been after Winter Soldier. So everyone was like, what is this? Like, what are we, where are we going? Why? Well, I, I think we saw this together. Didn't we? No, we, we we talked about this. I think I saw this with a couple high school friends because we weren't. When was, when was this? Like 2014. summer twenty fourteen. Yeah, I I went to go see it on a whim. Like I remember like hanging out. We were like skateboarding in a parking lot, and someone was like, "Can I see the new Marvel movie?" And we're like, "No, let's go." Well, I just remember seeing it and not having any expectations and really liking it. Yeah, I feel like that's what was that was the case for a lot of people. I and I, I even feel like when I, I've gone back and found a couple old Reddit threads and there were some people that were convinced that this was the moment that the MCU was like jumping the shark by like introducing like these characters. I'm like, you guys have no idea. Uh, yeah, so continue with us. We'll be coming back to the MCU in a couple of weeks with Kind of a letdown with Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Which is, um, it's so crazy to think about that we're already in Avengers 2. Yeah, but like in the grand scheme of things, that's not that, I feel like not that deep into it. No, it's not. But it's just like, the further we get, it gets like, they pack in so much stuff between the team ups. And now it's been like, I don't know. It was, it was a different time for the MCU. Yeah. It's, you know, it wasn't, it didn't meet expectations i'm still excited to watch some of my favorite scenes are in age of ultron though oddly enough even if the whole movie doesn't land yeah we're gonna have a lot to talk about for sure so that'll be in a couple of weeks we've got um some other stuff in between so uh yeah stick with us and let us know how much you love guardians if you have played the game and you have thoughts about that hit me up i'd love to hear it and until next time, we, we are, are out of out the of super. Universe. Out of the galaxy.